Beginning a series today, needless to say, entitled, Talk to Me. Talk to Me. Talk to Me. That's the series. For the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about prayer, talking to God and listening to God. And what I want to do this morning, before we open scriptures, just take a moment and let's just ask God to talk to us today, okay? Join me. Father, we open our hearts to you today and we want to hear from you. We ask you to speak into our lives by your word, by your spirit. Father, talk to me today. I'm listening. My heart is open. My spiritual ears are open. Talk to me today. And Father, I'm going to open my heart. I'm going to talk to you. And I'm, I'm going to give you everything that's in my heart today. And Father, I pray before we leave this place that every person, this, every person in this house today would be challenged to talk to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. I love the words to that song. I call your name looking for a reaction. My situations do or die. Expecting you to take some action. Help me wait for your reply. The second verse says, I find your words spoken in time written for my time today. I hear your voice through every line. My heart can hear what you say. And it goes on to say, well, I know that, there, that you're here to come to my rescue, but I haven't got a prayer if I don't listen to you. Talk to me. Talk to me. Present tense will soon be passed. Talk to me. Talk to me. I need to know what's going to last. Prayer is talking with God. It's communication. Prayer is simply opening up our hearts and talking to God about everything that's going on in our lives and then stopping and listening and let him speak into what's going on in our lives. Today, next Sunday, and the following Sunday, we're going to be talking about prayer. We're going to be looking at prayers in the Bible. And then the last Sunday of this month, we're going to have a Sunday morning where we have water baptisms. We're going to have communion. We're going to have more worship than normal. We're going to have a shorter message. And then we're going to take some time, and we're going to pray over needs that you're facing this year that are big in your life. It's going to be a great, great Sunday. But as we focus on prayer this entire month, God has really put it in my heart that we need to teach on prayer. We need to simplify prayer. We need to see people come to a place where they want to spend time talking with God. How many times in your life have you looked at someone and emphatically said, or you've had someone emphatically say to you, talk to me, talk to me, tell me what's going on inside there, communicate with me, let me know what's in your heart. You know, I really think there are times when God cries out, talk to me, talk to me. I want to help you. Open your heart and talk to me. But I also think that prayer is oftentimes really misunderstood because prayer is a scriptural word. It becomes a religious word that we use that replaces communication with God. And sometimes for a lot of people, prayer is intimidating. Because we hear pastors pray corporate prayers in front of the church. And so we hear these corporate prayers and we go home and we try to copy it and we try to repeat it. And we say, oh, thou greatest, most awesomest God of the universe. Out in the place where Star Wars happens. Places that I don't know and understand. Thou art almightiest. And I don't know what to say next. We got to come to that place. And we miss the point that prayer is simply talking 
with God, not impressing him. And let me talk to you for a minute about what prayer is not. Some people, I think, get stuck with prayer because it becomes so religious they miss the point. Prayer is not a religious exercise. As a matter of fact, if you look at the teachings of Jesus, Jesus condemned those religious exercises. Jesus condemned the idea of just talking and chanting and talking and chanting and repeating stuff for a long period of time trying to get God's attention. Jesus, in his teaching, simplified prayer. So it's not a religious exercise. Second of all, prayer is not a discipline that God demands of us for our approval. You know, it's not like God's in heaven. He got this huge chart with everybody's name on it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Did you pray today? Cool. We'll give you a gold star. I mean, look at last week. You don't have any stars last week. That's bad. I'm not going to smile on you. It's not a discipline. It's something that needs to be delightful in our lives because we get to talk to God, the one, the only God. And we need to learn to open our hearts and talk to God about everything that's going on. And then finally, third of all, prayer is not a superstitious roll of the dice. Well, I'm going to talk to God and maybe my number will come up. Maybe it won't. Maybe he'll answer. Maybe not. Maybe he'll hear me. Maybe he won't. I don't know. It may not make any difference, but I'm going to try it anyway. Good, good illustration. How many of you bought your Powerball ticket yesterday? <laughs> well, maybe I know some of you, some of you are afraid to raise your hand. I know I didn't buy mine. I'm going to wait for the big jackpot this week. <laughs> but think about it. Well, maybe I'll get the winning number. Maybe I won't. It's just a buck. How many times do we stop and pray these simple, insincere prayers because we don't know if God's going to answer or not? That's not prayer. Prayer's having honest conversation with God. It's not just talking to God. It's not just listening to God. It's talking to God and then it's listening to God. It's conversation with God. You think about it for a moment. Every relationship is built on communication, conversations. We say it all the time. Christianity is about relationship with God. You can't have a relationship without conversation and communication. You have to have it. So today, we're going to look at prayer. And in just a minute, we're going to look at Luke chapter 11. But let me give you real quickly some promises from scripture about prayer jesus said let me tell you what jesus said about prayer three things real quickly mark eleven twenty four. jesus said therefore i tell you whatever you ask for in prayer believe that you receive and it will be yours see if you believe that you'll pray matthew 6 6 jesus says when you pray go into your room close the door pray to your father who is unseen then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you Prayer is not done to be heard by people. Prayer is talking with God. Jesus also said in John 16, 24, ask and you will receive that your joy will be complete. Some of us need, need to pray more and have prayers answered. Talk to God about things so our joy is full. 1 John chapter 5 says this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Well, I don't know God's will. Read the scripture. The scripture is God's will. It'll tell you what God's promised to you. 
Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Don't worry about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Did you know prayer talking to God will settle the issues in your heart? Brings peace to you. Hebrews 4, 16 says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. James 1, 5 says, If you lack wisdom, ask God. He will give you wisdom. He'll help you know what to do. Jeremiah 33, 3, The Lord says, Call to me and I will answer you, and I'll tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Did you know if you'll pray and listen to God, He'll tell you things you had no idea about? He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you insight. He'll tell you stuff that you need to know. In conjunction with that in the New Testament, Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or even think. Don't limit God. God can do more than you think, more than even you ask for. And finally, Romans 8.26 says that the Holy Spirit gets involved in our prayer lives. And when we don't know how to answer, sometimes he will even intercede and pray through us with groanings which don't even have words. But the Holy Spirit gets involved because God wants to answer prayer. And one more verse, James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. God wants us to pray. I think God's trying to get our attention today. God is saying, talk to me, and I will talk to you. So let's look at, look at Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, we're going to begin at verse number 1, and I'm going to talk to you the next few minutes about five priorities of prayer. Five priorities of prayer. It's going to really simplify prayer today. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, follow on the screen. <clears throat> now, it came to pass, as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Now, I want you to pause for just a moment here before we read verse 2. I want to set the scene. Jesus, on many occasions, separated himself from the crowds, even separated himself from the disciples to get alone and spend time talking to our Father. Scripture says there were times when Jesus got away and was by himself all night long talking with God. The disciples saw that Jesus would withdraw away from them. And rather than having some kind of public conversation, Jesus would pull away and just spend time all by himself. And when they drew close, they noticed that he was talking with God. And so the disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. John taught his disciples how to pray. Teach us how to pray. We don't know how to spend time like that with God. This is what Jesus said, verse 2. So he said to them, when you pray, say this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. and Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, if you know that prayer, and if you've read that prayer, and maybe you've got it memorized, one of the things that I think of when I first look at that prayer is, wow, 
That's a short prayer. I can pray that thing in 20 seconds and be done. So I can talk to God 20 seconds a day and that's really all that God wants to do in my prayer life. No, that's not true. That's not right. What Jesus was doing was he was giving us bullet points and saying, let me give you a rough outline, a rough sketch of what prayer should look like. Let me tell you what God is concerned about and let me simplify it for you so you're comfortable learning to talk with God. The first thing Jesus said, and I've broken this into five things this morning. The first priority Jesus gave them was what I call recognition. Everybody say recognition. You know, any, any important conversation has a beginning of recognition. For example, you meet an old friend, you're going to have a conversation, or, or maybe just a close friend, or maybe even your spouse or a family member or a child. You know, you're going to meet this person, you're going to have an important conversation. So you sit down, and the first thing you say is, hey, Joe, how you doing? And you shake hands, you, you know, give them a hug or a pat on the back. Man, it's good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. How's things going? You have this moment of recognition. And Joe looks at you and says, hey, Fred, I'm doing good, man. I hope you're doing well. How's this? How's that? How's the job? How's the family? You have this moment who you recognize, okay, there's Joe, and I'm Fred, and we're going to have this conversation. Jesus says when you sit down to talk with God, begin with a recognition. Begin with a greeting. And here's what Jesus said to say. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, I think sometimes we make prayer so difficult that we fail to understand how important a greeting and a recognition is when you're talking to God. Every conversation begins somewhere. And if I sit down and talk to Joe, I say, you know, Joe, man, I, I really appreciate you taking time to talk to me because I got some stuff I want to ask you about. I need your advice on some things. And, and I know you've been through some stuff here. And, and I want you to just speak and, and let me listen. I want to ask you some questions. And I need you to speak in my life because you've got some wisdom here that I think can help me. And Jesus said, when you go to talk to God, Stop and say, God, you are the God, the only God, the God of the universe. And I recognize you for who you are and what you are. But I thank you that you are my father. You care about everything going on in my life. I love the words because as you look at that first few words there, Jesus said, pray this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's two things here. Number one, he says, our Father, our Father, our Father. It speaks of relationship. You know, sometimes we pray and we put God a million miles out there. We never let him in close because our words say, well, I don't really know you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what your expectations are. I don't know what your intentions are and you're way out there. You may not even be listening, but I'm going to take a minute and I'm going to talk anyway, and I just hope. Jesus said, no, when you talk to God, say, our Father, our Father, my Father God. Romans chapter 8 says we can go to God and, and, and actually cry out, Abba, Father, my dear Father, my Daddy God. I want to climb up in your arms and in your lap and talk to you for a few moments. I think we need to understand that God wants to have intimacy with us. He wants to be in relationship. God wants a place in our lives that nobody else has, a place of trust where we can come and talk to him about anything. And Jesus, first of all, said, our Father. Father in heaven, my heavenly Father. And then the second thing is, hallowed be your name. The word hallowed means to make holy. Now, let me take just a minute and explain this, because it's really important. What he's saying here is, 
understand who God is and recognize him as such. He is my father, but he's also the God of everything. He's the God who made everything. He has no beginning. He has no ending. When we started, he was already there. When it's all over in our eyes, he'll still be there. He's not bound by time. He exists outside of time. He is amazing. He has attributes that nobody else has. There's nobody like him, but yet he's my father. And Jesus said, welcome him close. Let him be your father. But understand the greatness of his name. If you study through the Old Testament, you'll find that God said, I am your righteousness. I am your sanctification. I am the God who's always there. I am your peace. I am your healer. I am your provider. I am your shepherd. I am your protector. And God says, when you come to me, understand who I am, all I can do, and then accept me into your life as your loving heavenly does me good when I pray every now and then. I'll, I'll stop and I'll just go through all those names of God because I need to recognize who he is and what he wants to be in my life. You know, I was thinking about it this week. If you go back to Exodus 20 when God gave us the Ten Commandments, most of us, when I say Ten Commandments, it's, oh boy, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Here we go. The first commandment is, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of bondage. There's nobody like me and you will have no gods before me. What he's saying in the first commandment is, I'm God. There's nobody like me. And I'm going to come into relationship with you. But I need you to always remember who I am and what I am. You know, it's not that God is some self-absorbed egotist. He is who he is. And all he simply wants is for us to say, God, I recognize you're so great and mighty, but I need all that you are to come and get involved in my life today. So I welcome you as my loving father. Because that word father establishes the relationship, the rightful relationship we have with him. And it might sound like this. Father, I love you today and I thank you so much that you take the time to just listen to me and speak into my life. God, I open my heart to you today and I praise you first of all because you are great, you are mighty, you are amazing. You are my righteousness and my sanctification. You're always there and you bring me peace you are my provider. You are my healing, and I walk in your health. And, Father, I thank you today. You're my shepherd, and you guide me every day of my life. And, Lord, I want to be led by you, and I thank you that you are my protector. But, God, I come to you today to talk with you as a loving Heavenly Father. Just those words opens up communication line because there's a recognition in that greeting. And after you've taken a moment and you've recognize God and you've greeted him and asked for his presence in conversation, then just take a moment and stop and listen. Because one of the things I've found is, just like when Joe and Frank get together and, and Joe says, hey man, how you doing Frank? Hey, doing great Joe. They sit there and talk back and forth, small talk for a minute. Sometimes God just wants to take a moment and put his arms around you and pull you up close and say, I am your father and I love you and I'm here for you. Well, take time to listen to God. Number two, the next thing Jesus says is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The second principle I want to talk about is intention. What's the intent of this conversation? Where's this going? What's in your heart? Where are we going with this? 
Anytime somebody tells me, hey, uh, Pastor Gary, can we sit down and talk for a while? Maybe it's a close friend. Hey, Gary, I want to visit with you. Some things I want to discuss with you. Okay, great. We sit down and you know, we exchange greetings and then immediately you start talking about what's going on. What's the intent of the conversation? It's not formal like that, but it just happens. Good illustration. Yesterday, I had some business to conduct and I had to call a, a pastor friend who's not too far from here, different city, but not too far away. And I called him on Friday night and, and left a message and didn't hear back from him. He called me yesterday morning, and, and I know this guy, I've met him, but I don't know him well, we're not close. But I left the message and I said, hey, pastor so-and-so, this is Gary Martin down at the Bridge Church in the Temecula area, I need to talk to you about something. Would you give me a call at your convenience? I don't hear from him that night. Saturday morning, the phone rings. I see on my phone who it is. But I answer the phone. I said, this is Gary. And he says, hey, this is Pastor so-and-so at such-and-such church. We have this greeting, and we, we just talked for a couple minutes, small talk. And then all of a sudden, I said, here's why I need to talk to you today. And we start getting down to the heart of the matter. Jesus said, when you pray, recognize God. But number two, share with him the intent of your heart. And Jesus said, here's what you say. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. Whatever your will is in heaven, whatever your government is, is in heaven, whatever you want to do in my life, I open my life to that and I ask for that today. And you know, I think sometimes we fail to understand how important it is that we submit our wills to God. Sometimes we, we handle prayer so poorly. You know, I've met people, and, I, you know, I listen to people when they pray. I'll, t I'll talk more about this later. When I'm around people and we're having prayer times, I listen to people pray. Because when you listen to somebody pray, it kind of tells you what their relationship is with God. If it's close or if it's distant. If God's way out there or if he's right here with them. If he's close or if, if he's being held at arm's length. And, you know, sometimes it's almost like people think, well, prayer is when I tell God how to rule the universe and how to make sure I'm at the middle of it all and hope he gets it. You ever done that? Prayer is when I tell God what to do. And the truth of the matter is prayer should begin with us submitting our will and opening our heart and saying, God, I don't have all the answers. I need you. I need your kingdom, which is your government to rule my life. I need you to be the Lord of my life. I need you to be the boss. But I also need your provision. And really what it says is, kingdom of God, come. It's not a request, it's a command. Kingdom of God, come. Will of God be done in my life. Why? Because God will not violate your will. God rules the universe and doesn't need our help. But when it comes to your life, God needs your permission to work the way he wants to. And he needs me to open the door and say, God, I need you. God, I want you. Kingdom of God, come. Will of God be done. Can I put it in real simple terms? We need to be able to stop and say, God, whatever's going on in heaven for me, I need it. Send it to earth now. I open my life. It prepares our hearts for what God wants to do. And you know, sometimes I think we make it a little difficult here when it really, it can be this simple. And Father... As I come to you today, I lay my life down, I open up my heart, and I tell you that I need you, and I want you in my life. 
God, I have decisions to make. There are things that need to happen, things with my family, things at church, things at work, things with my finances, decisions to be made so much, God. But above all, I ask for your wisdom, your direction. I ask for your kingdom to come, your will to be done, your provision to come into my life. God, show me how to do things your way so I can have your blessing. And God, I lay down my will, I lay down my desires, and I ask that you would put your desires in my heart. If you'll pray that and then stop and just get still and listen for a minute. If there's something going on that God needs to adjust, he'll usually bring it to the surface and you'll realize, yeah, there's something needs to happen here. God will speak to you. Then number three, the third thing that happens, Jesus in this prayer continues and says, pray this way, give us this day our daily bread or give us day by day our daily bread. I don't think God intended for us to pray once a month to cover the month. I don't think he even intended for me to pray on Mondays and it cover me till next Monday. I think God wants to talk to me every day because there is stuff that happens every day. The New Testament, Paul told us to pray without ceasing. That's because some of us have stuff going on without ceasing. It's okay to say, yeah, in this church, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And we're to pray and talk to God about what's going on. But day by day by day, Jesus said this. Number three, the third principle. He said, ask for what you need. Everybody say, ask. Ask. Asking is an act of humility. I, I have to humble myself to ask for something. Because when I ask for something, it means I don't have the ability to do it myself or I don't want to do it myself. See, one of the things about me, I, I do things for myself. That's just kind of how I'm wired. I just do it myself. I do it myself. I do it myself. I can do it myself. I can do it myself. Sometimes it becomes a problem. Every now and then, I'll, I'll be doing something in the living room in the evening, maybe watching TV or, or studying or reading something or doing whatever. And after a while, I think, you know, I want something to drink. I want a snack. I get up and go to the kitchen and I'll start messing around, getting what I want. And sometimes my wife will be sitting in there and she'll say, I was in here, why didn't you ask me? I'd have done it for you. I don't know, that's just how I'm wired. One of the problems that comes along with that is, even with God, sometimes I go and go and go and go and go because I think it's my responsibility to fix everything. And then when something falls apart, then I go talk to God and say, God, I need you to fix this. Things would be a whole lot easier if we'd take the time to talk to God every morning and say, God, I need your help. Here's the things I'm facing. Here's what I need in my life. Let me ask you the question. What do you need in your life today? What do you need in your life that you can't handle? I'm not, I'm not saying, well, what do you want God to do that you don't want to do? And that, that's silliness. That's foolishness. But what do you need God to provide that you cannot provide? What's an area of your life that has a need today? You need to ask God for what you need. Here's what Scripture says about this. Matthew 6, 8. Jesus says, your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Somebody said, well, God already knows. Why should I ask him about it? Because he told us to ask him. We don't take him for granted. We don't say, well, flip a coin. If it's his will, fine. If it's not, I don't care. God's going to do what God's going to do. No, he wouldn't ask us to ask if he wasn't going to do what we asked for. So even though he knows, he waits for us to ask. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. We need to ask motivated by faith, believing God's going to answer prayer. 
Can you imagine sitting in a room with God and saying, God, I need some things. And God says, you tell me what you need and I'll get it to you. Well, I don't know if you really do it or not. Don't we do that? Ask, believe, and receive. Hebrews 4.16, I mentioned it earlier. We approach the throne of grace with confidence. We come to God with confidence, knowing he wants us to be there. Have you ever felt like, oh, I don't want to bug God with this. I don't want to bother God. God wants us to come. If it's insignificant, he'll tell us. You know what? You can do that yourself. I don't want to worry about that. He'll tell you. But we need to learn to ask for the things that we need. And then we need to thank God for the things we've asked for. We need to ask, and then we need to thank him in faith, believing he's going to provide the things that he's already promised. I mentioned earlier, I listen to people pray. Our staff, every morning, we pray together. Every day, we, we pray together to start the day. On Thursday afternoons, we pray together as a staff for our weekend services. Some of you are here today because we prayed for you this week. Some of you are sitting there saying, how in the world did I get here? We prayed for you. That's how you got here. I'm sorry, but, but you know, God's involved in all that. <clears throat> but, but here's the point. When I'm with people, we're praying together a corporate prayer, and somebody's leading in prayer. I listen, and I learn about people's walk with God. And, you know, in, in years gone by, I've been around people that when they pray, they say this. Now, God, I thank you that you're going to do this, and I thank you you're going to do that, and I thank you you're going to do that, and don't forget about that, and don't forget about that. Amen. And they walk away. And then weeks later, they're still, God, I thank you for that, and I thank you for that, and I thank you for that, and I, thank you. Amen. They never take the time to stop and ask. Jesus said we're to ask. We're to ask for the things that we need. I want to encourage you today. Well, you know what? That's not very much faith. No, but it's total obedience. And if anything is faith, it's obedience to God's word. Jesus said ask because God wants us to ask. So we need to ask. And then we need to thank him and stand in faith for the things that we've asked for. John 14, 13. Jesus, listen to this. Jesus said the Father is glorified when he gets to answer prayer. Well, I, I don't want to bother God. Are you kidding me? This is, God says, man, I, I answer prayer. I get glory out of this. People see me answering prayer in my children's lives. That'll make them want to come know me. Come on, pray. I want to answer your prayers. Don't leave God out of any area of your life. Ask him for the things that you need. Did you know God even is concerned about desires of your heart? Now, sometimes our desires are wrong. God knows how to correct that. Some of you need to expand your thinking about God. God wants to be a whole lot more involved than you think. So you need to ask God for the things that you need and even the things that you want in this life. Maybe like this. And Father, today as I come to you, you told me to come and ask for the things that we need. And Father, today I open my heart to you. And, and God, if there's anything in my heart that, that I've got it wrapped around wrong things, I open my heart for you to correct. But God, here's what I need today. Father, you know my financial needs. You know the things that I'm struggling with today. You know the areas of life where we need financial increase to move forward into this and to work toward this, which is a good thing. God, I ask you to meet this financial need. And God, I ask you to provide for this, and I ask you to provide for my children. And Father, I ask you to provide for my church and for this need. And God, I, I, I lay all these things out, and I just open my heart and give it all to you today. And Father, meet these needs in Jesus' name. You know what? Be specific. Talk to him. I did a very gentle prayer there, but be specific. And then just stop and listen for a minute. You've got your heart wrapped around something in a wrong way. 
God's able to adjust it. He's able to let you know. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. You may not hear an audible voice, but you'll know. God is saying, you know what? You need to wait. I'm working. And, and, I, and I, I use this illustration all the time, and I hope you don't get tired of hearing it. But some of our prayers are big. And sometimes God's got to move furniture around the universe to get an answer to you. Don't get impatient. Just trust God and keep asking and believing in faith and let God be God and answer in his time. Then number four, I think the fourth part of this prayer is about heart issues. Heart issues. Jesus said, pray this way. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Stop and think about that for a moment. Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way. A part of the Lord's prayer is provision. Provision for me to talk to God about my failures and my sins. I'm amazed how many people run from God in times of failure. I'm amazed. Because right there in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, when you talk to God, when you get down to this place, ask for forgiveness. Father, if there's any sin in my life, God, I just open my heart to you and I ask you to forgive me today. You know what happens when you pray that prayer? If you'll pause for 10 seconds, if there's anything in your life that's wrong, bam, it'll come floating to the surface. You'll know it. Your conscience will know it. Your mind remembers or the Holy Spirit may bring something to your attention and you realize, wow. And you can stop and put 1 John 1, 9 to work. Scripture says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God wants to forgive. He wants to turn loose of it, but he needs us to come to him and ask for forgiveness and release that to him. Then the second part of it is, and I taught it last week. I'm not going to go back and reteach it. We have to be willing to forgive people who've wronged us. Anytime I'm praying this prayer and I get to this part, I stop and say, God, if there's anything in my heart, if I've got any hard feelings, any bitterness, if I've been hurt and wounded and I'm carrying resentment towards people and roots of bitterness that are hidden away in my heart, God, if there's anything there, I ask you to forgive me and show me so I can deal with it. Friend, I promise you, you pray that prayer and within three seconds time, it will float to the surface in a hurry because you know way down deep inside who you're frustrated with, who you're angry with, who you've not forgiven. Everybody smile at me this morning. Are we going to hear last week's message again? No, but I want you to hear something good. Sometimes there are things that happen in life that are big hurts, big injustices. They really cut deeply. Sometimes you may have to forgive five or ten times, 15, 20 times to turn loose of that thing and get that thing out of you. Get yourself, your heart cleansed to release it. Keep asking for forgiveness and keep forgiving. Keep asking God to take the hurt, the pain, the bitterness out of your life. And I promise you, if you'll release it to God, God will help you walk through that and begin to pray for those who've wronged you. And you know, Life is full of hard issues. Anytime I get quiet with God, anytime I say, God, I give you permission to put the finger on the issues of my life, God will step in and if there's stuff going on, 
God will touch it. It gives me an opportunity to put it under the cross and let the tree be thrown into the waters and change everything. Friend, we need that on a regular, daily basis. And after you've talked to God about it, just listen for a minute. If something's going on, he'll talk to you. Then number five, the fifth thing, is direction and protection. The last part of the prayer here, Jesus says, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Friends, when you're walking with God, we know that he's come to give us life, life more, more abundant. We know that. That's the promise of Jesus. But it's also imperative to live an overcoming, successful life, to walk with God and know all of his blessing. It's imperative for us to understand there's a battle raging around us. There's a war going on. Scripture says it this way. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That doesn't say our enemy, the devil, can devour anyone he wants to. It says he's seeking for the ones he may devour. He's seeking the ones who are weak. He's seeking the ones who are broken. He's seeking the ones who willingly or unwillingly, unknowingly fall into his traps. And he wants to destroy them and devour them. Jesus said this thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But in this prayer, Jesus said, before you finish talking to God, say, deliver us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the snares, the traps of the evil one. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. The word circumspectly is the word from which we get our word circumference in the original writings. It means a circle around us. What it says is we need to live like this. Be sober, be vigilant, be awake, be alert, and know what's going on all around us. This prayer says, God, help me be aware of the snares and the traps, the things that have been set around me that I don't fall into the trap. Deliverance. God wants to give us direction. He wants to provide protection, but we need to open our hearts and say, God, direct my footsteps today. You have no idea how many times, especially days where I'm under pressure, days when I've got decisions to make, days when I know there's going to be a confrontation somewhere, you have no idea how many days I stop and pray and say, God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the snares of the evil one. Don't let me stumble and fall into a trap. Let me see the traps that are covered up. Let me see the situations. Let me see the conversations where the enemy has set a trap to use against me. God, make me aware. Direct me. And protect me from the attack of the evil one. You know what? I'm, I'm just simple enough to believe that every person in this building wants to know God, wants to walk with God, and wants to live a victorious life and please God. But I'm going to tell you something. There are traps out there, and you need to ask God to help you see the traps before you fall into them. If you see them, you can avoid those traps. Ephesians 6, 11 and 17 says this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 18 goes on to say, praying with all prayer. Praying with all prayer. We talk about putting on the armor of God. A part of that armor is prayer. Talking to God and let him warn us and protect us from attacks of the evil one. Quick story I'll tell you before I finish. 
Many years ago, I, I just, I, well, it wasn't that many years ago. It's when I graduated high school. It was just a few years ago. When I, when I graduated high school, I, I got in my car and I took a trip from Southern California back to Oklahoma to visit cousins and family. So I, I spent, you know, a couple, three days on the road driving the 1,300 miles, whatever it was, driving that, that distance. Drove all day a couple of days, spent the night and went on. Did a lot of driving, a lot of talking to God about a lot of things. I was a young man just out of high school trying to figure out what life was about. I was about... Oh, 10 miles from my uncle's home where I was going to be staying. And I'd been driving interstates all the way. But I ended up the last few, the last 40 miles, I guess, on this two-lane road through the country, real narrow road. I'm winding through the, through the hills in northeast Oklahoma, kind of, you know, winding around. Winding, and all of a sudden, I look down the road, and here comes a huge 18-wheeler with a wide load. And I'm, you know, I'm driving this Chevelle. I'm thinking, Wow. He gets closer and closer and closer, and I'm thinking, wow, wow, this is really going to be close. And, you know, driving along 55, 60 miles an hour, whatever it was, and the shoulders have got gravel. And, you know, when you hit gravel, you never know where you're going. This guy gets close, and suddenly, from behind that truck, another car pulls out to pass. And, I mean, I'm talking just a short distance away. You know what I did? I closed my eyes and said, Jesus! And I opened my eyes and looked behind me, and all I could see was a truck going down the road. I don't know where the car went. Man, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard of. Friend, you might want to try it. You might avoid a head-on one of these days talking to God about those things. Been a number of times in my life when I've cried out, God, save me. God, help me. It's amazing how God loves to respond to that because God gets glory out of those situations. Some of us can avoid a lot of heartache, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of pain, a lot of disaster, a lot of head-on collisions. We just pray and talk to God about direction and protection. It might sound like this, and God, I commit my ways to you today. God, you know I've got a busy schedule. I've got a lot of work to do, but I pray all along the way that you'll make me aware of your presence, that you would direct my footsteps, that you would protect me. Father, any pit falls out there, don't let me fall into a pit, but protect me and save me from the attacks of the enemy. And just listen. Just listen. Sometimes God will say, be careful of that person today. Be careful of that conversation. When you go here today, be careful. Maybe you're in the middle of something and you realize, you feel, feel the Holy Spirit just put a check in your heart like, pay attention, be aware. God will answer those prayers. And the last thing I want to share before I close. We read those first four verses where Jesus tells us how to pray. And behind those verses, I'm not going to ask you to do it today. We don't have time. But go home and read down through verse 10. Luke 11, we read the first four verses. Read on down through verse 10. Because here's what happens. First of all, Jesus tells a story. He says, I'm going to illustrate prayer to you. He said, there's this guy who had company come visit him. His family came and visited, and they arrived in the middle of the night. He had no idea they were coming. Wouldn't that be a wonderful surprise to happen to you tonight? They showed up in the middle of the night and knocked, hey, we came to visit you. It's tired. We're tired. It's late, but we drove on in. We're here to, we're here to spend a couple days. Oh, great. The guy has no food in his house to feed them for breakfast. So, so Jesus said he goes to his neighbor and at three in the morning beats on the door. Fred, Fred, open up. Fred, open. He keeps beating the Fred. Finally, Fred inside says, Barney, what do you want? 
And, and, and Barney says, Fred, I had company show up in the middle of the night and I don't have anything to feed them for breakfast. I need some food. I don't have time to go to town. No stores are open. I need your help. Barney, it's three in the morning. Leave me alone. Fred, no, I need your help. No, no, I'm going back to sleep. Leave me alone. And Barney stands there and just beats on the door and beats on the door and beats on the door. And Jesus said, even though they're buddies, Fred's not going to get out of bed. But Barney just keeps beating on the door and won't let him sleep. So finally, Fred gets up and gives Barney what he needs. Friends, we need to have that kind of determination and persistence in prayer. We need to stop, listen to me, we need to stop giving up and we need to keep praying and believing and praying, believing and praying and believing. And then after that story, Jesus says this, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find, knock and it shall be opened to you. In the original writings, that tense literally means ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. And the answer will come. Well, why is it that way? I don't know. But I'm not God. He is. And he loves me. And in his time, he's going to answer my prayer. So he does not want me to give up. So we talked about five priorities in prayer. Recognition. Intention asking for what I need, heart issues, direction and protection. You don't see it here, but in Matthew's gospel, when Jesus gave the disciples this prayer, Jesus added one more line. He said, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God, I know you're going to do what you said you're going to do because it's your kingdom, it's your power, you're at work, and I thank you for it. And amen means so be it. A conversation of prayer settles the issues between me and God and it settles the issues in my heart and I'm ready to move forward with God's help God wants to do that in our lives as I close today I want to encourage you to pray but but maybe maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking well you know, it's hard to pray there are times when I've been so desperate, I've sat down in a chair on my couch, wherever it might be, and I've pulled up a chair and just said, God, please sit down. I need to talk to you for a while. If you need to do something to give you a visual aid to talk to an unseen God, that's fine. But we need to start talking to God about the issues of life. And Jesus gave us bullet points that we can fill in the blanks between the bullet points and talk to God. But maybe you're here today and maybe you're thinking, well, I can't talk to God. I don't even know God. I'm not even in, where do I start? How do I come into relationship with God? Well, simply, number one, open your heart and ask him into your life. Say, God, please come into my life. I need your help. You don't need a lot of theology. You don't need a whole lot of stuff. You need to be honest. God, come into my life. I need your help. Second thing you do is you accept his presence. God, come live inside of me. Be here with me. Show me how to do this. I need you in my life. Number three, give your life to him. So God, I give my life back to you. Show me how to live. Show me how to walk these things out. I need you in my life. God will change you from the inside out. But before we, before we finish today, maybe you're here and you're not in relationship with God. Can I tell you that God wants to be in relationship with you more than you want to be in relationship with him? 
God's got better plans for you than you have for yourself. And right now, maybe he's knocking on the door of your heart. Maybe there's something inside of you that's tugging you. Maybe in your heart, in your mind, maybe you just know, man, this is real. And I want to know God. If you feel that way, it's because God's tugging at your heart. He's knocking on the door of your heart. He's saying, can I come in? He needs your permission. We give him permission with our words, with a prayer. Talking to him. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And I'm going to ask everybody in the room to pray this prayer with me. Just simply open your heart to God and let him come in. You don't need to scream the words out loud, but bow your heads, close your eyes if you would. Everybody in the house, let's pray this out loud. Say, God, I need you. And I want you in my life. So I open my heart to you. Please come in. I want to know you. I want you to be my God. I believe Jesus is the Son of God who died for my sins and was raised from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Savior. And I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. So come into my life. I give my life back to you. From this day forward, you will be my heavenly Father and I'll be your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just...